0: Welcome to Life in Translation, where we briefly discuss trends and developments in the translation and localization industry. Today we sat down with Mei Mei Wu. Originally from China, Mei Mei has experience as a freelance translator and is currently working towards her master's degree at the Middlebury Institute of Monterey. She is also a former student of Aaron's when she was studying English and translation at Brigham Young University. Mei Mei has experienced firsthand what it takes to localize something properly, and her knowledge and ability with language makes her a trailblazer in the industry.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself and. Um where you're from and uh, what you are doing now, what you've been up to. Yeah. With.
0: Yeah, sure. Um so um my name is Mei Mei Wu. I'm from China. Uh I came to the US um in at the end of 2018 because uh I started um my bachelor's degree at Brigham Young University in January 2019. Uh, and I graduated from BYU in December, 2021. When I was at BYU, I studied English language with a minor in translation and localization. And when when I took minor tran- uh, classes, uh, I took uh, introduction to translation class from Aaron. That's how we met. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I enjoyed that class and uh, uh, now I, I'm pursuing my master's degree at Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey. Uh, I'm I'm studying translation and localization management.
1: Nice. Did I did I tell you? Do you remember? I spent a year. I was a Korean linguist in the army. Um, and I spent a year at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey.
0: You mean DLI?
1: DLI. Yeah. I know that. Institute. Yeah, It's so a great, great institute. I had a great time there, and uh-huh. a beautiful area to live for sure. So yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. When before you moved to the U.S., did you did you work as a translator at all?
0: Uh yeah, so I I worked as a freelance translator uh for about like two years
1: okay and and how did you get started in that how did what is the process in china if it's different than here to get started as a freelance translator um,
0: so i so i guess i had to back up a little bit a little bit so i i loved the translation when i was young like little <laughs> uh, seems like being a translator was my dream job when yeah. i grew up uh yeah, and then, so I um I actually uh started a full-time uh translator job in a company in China. But I only worked it, stayed there for 1 month. And then I felt like uh cuz at that time I had other things to do and full-time like the schedule didn't work for me. So I quit the job. And then but I still loved the translation and wanted to get the experience. So that's how i started as a freelancer
1: okay and and w- was it always english chinese chinese english uh both both so maybe how did you how did you learn english how, how, why was english part of um who you are in translation
0: um so in in china english actually is a part of our curricular okay i started uh learning English when I went to middle school okay yeah and uh so we need to like every so in uh when we were at school uh Chinese we had to take Chinese even though we speak Chinese so yeah. Chinese and math and English those three classes uh are core courses for students okay. at a school and then so I as soon as I was exposed to English I loved it
1: yeah how did do, did your parents do your parents speak any English?
0: No, they don't so i I think I'm the only one in my family who speaks English really
1: yeah how did you um language instruction in other countries is a lot different than in the united states i i I have some experience with that what what did you do to Practice your English. Was it all in class, or did you have opportunities outside of class to to um, practice English?
0: I think um, probably like both, but but I think in class is a big part. Um, like we, so the way we learn language, uh, we learn English or other languages is pretty different from uh, people do here. Yeah. Uh, in China, we focus more on writing and uh, listening like okay. uh we, we we still speak English, but it's just like people like many people are too shy to speak and they are uh, afraid to make mistakes um and also um yeah but um but so like in class i like we worked hard to pass any written exams and yeah. um And and plus in China, actually, um, there are many like English speech contexts or other competitions uh, nationwide. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like I was able to uh, I was very interested in learning English. So I participated in some of those competitions. And I think those helped, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Did you? When you came to the U.S., when you wanted to go to, to Brigham Young University, did you have to take an English proficiency exam or anything like that?
0: Uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, probably for all the international students, if we want to come to this uh, the U.S., we have to either take uh, at least TOEFL or IELTS. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then so for how much, like, um how much score you like you need to get uh right. depends on each school
1: okay
0: but but yeah i took toefl to come did
1: you, so so that's the exam did you have to take any english classes before you started your education or or not? Uh,
0: no no, no we just no i just uh had to prepare for the exam because this exam was about like four hour. Uh, four hours it uh it consists of listening writing reading and um another part like four part so like um uh, four hours so i had to prepare for that but i did not take any like uh other classes Nice, that's
1: awesome that means you're you're excellent in english and <laughs> language in general so maybe in you did translation before you came to the u s um, and and you learned about translation and localization in school here in the u s. and now you're you're also doing a postgraduate uh, your master's degree at miss. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that's different about how translation how you what your experience was with translation and And localization in China as it is here in the U.S., or is Uh, it the same?
0: Yeah, I would say very different. (laughs) Really, very different. So yeah, I um in China, I actually so like uh I worked as a uh freelance translator for about two years, um but back then I had no knowledge of cat tools at all. Oh yeah, and. And like I worked with uh, the same vendors and LSPs all the time, uh, but they also did not require translators to use any cat tools. Really? So so for all the all the translations that I've worked on, um, it was not consistent and and we did not have uh, translation memory or glossaries or term yeah. So it's very different. And actually, honestly, I I did not know localization in China.
1: Yeah, okay. I I
0: haven't heard about it at all, and until I came here and I started to um, take uh, my minor classes at BYU, and then I realized, oh, localization is a thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So
0: it's yeah, and also like even I knew translation before. Uh, Translation was a new thing. Seems like a new thing to me as well um, because I started. Uh, to use cat tools and uh, like cat tools and i learned to build translation memory glossaries and term base along the way um it's just like i felt like i had so much uh so many new things to learn in translation and and then plus localization it's a it's more than translation so like a lot of like new things
1: going on yeah. yeah yeah that's that's excellent um so do you think no, having that experience both in china before you came to the u.s and then your experience in translational localization in the u.s including your education does that does that give you any insights or advantages in in the work that you do in your studies what do you think Uh,
0: yeah actually so I think it helps me a lot um if I because I'm a native Chinese speaker uh if I want I actually can be a uh like Chinese translator or a freelancer um and and plus like I speak Chinese and some Spanish though I don't translate Spanish myself uh but if I want to be a, a project manager or similar position positions in the future, it helps me a lot, especially yes. like when I review projects, yes. um, it, it will be much easier for me to spot any obvious errors, even grammatical errors in both languages. Yes. And also when I like um, managing glossary or term base, um, it's just like it will just be much easier to build and to add a terms like to avoid any like errors if yeah. I know the language or at least um, like um, if I build um, glossary or term base to languages uh, which have the sim- similar uh, structures as Chinese or Spanish, that yeah. helps too.
1: So you, do you think it's an advantage for you, May May, that you have experience on the freelance side as well as on the project management side?
0: Yeah. Definitely, it, uh, it's an advantage um, because also like, even though I like, I will be like, I want to be a um, project manager in the future. Right. Still, so, like one of the most, like one of my main responsibilities will be to communicate with uh, freelancers yeah. or like to manage, it, manage them. And I, from what I'm learning at this semester, I realized that people management is such a very important trait for uh, managers in yeah. their uh, workplace so i guess like yeah like i still have to um like um like know how to communicate with translators and know what they need and what uh, how i can help them like with some uh experience in freelance translation i think like it will be more uh like, uh, it will be much easier for me to understand what they uh want or understand their stance.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Is that, um, on the project management side, because you have that experience as a translator, you, you can anticipate what their needs are or what, what specific instructions are gonna help them right. be more efficient. That right. sort of thing, because you know that you've been there, you've done that. I think that. Right. That's probably something that maybe I could have emphasized more in in your class and in the classes that I've taught is that there is value in in doing kind of jobs on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, in mm-hmm. on both operations and in as a translator yeah. because of being able to understand what the needs of each side are of each role is so mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so that's that's one advantage you have, for sure. Um, and I would encourage your peers and, and any students that I talk to um, to get experience on both sides, for sure. If you were to select one or two things in the industry that are particularly important for you, like a hot take, as we would say in English, do you, what would you choose? What, what do you think is important for maybe your peers or or the future of translation and localization what would you say
0: i would say like uh, if time allows i like to say like elaborate on two things yes absolutely. the first thing is yeah. localization itself yeah because uh i feel like uh so every time like according to my personal experience in Monterey. Uh, Every time when people ask me, what do you, what are you studying? And I will tell them translation and localization management. And then they will say, wait, what do you study? And then I will tell, slowly tell them again, translation and localization management. And then they will say, ah, and what is localization? <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> so like
0: people usually, uh, if they are not in the industry, they have no clue what localization is. Yeah. They know translation because, uh, I mean, like translation is not a new thing, right? But like right. for localization, they just uh, it seems like um not um, as, yeah. And then so like I would I, I would always use my favorite hamburger example. To explain them what localization is, like uh, for if if they want to if uh, for example, if McDonald wants to uh, introduce a new burger into China, uh, Chinese market, they not only have to translate the names of the names the recipe and everything into Chinese, they also need to look tailor the recipe to Chinese people because oh, yeah. they have such a different diet as Americans yeah like we don't eat cheese and many people don't even eat lettuce they don't eat raw vegetables yeah. so like they need to like yeah like tailor um a specific uh recipe to chinese people so that uh seems like the burgers are native to chinese people and then i told them this is what we do for uh translation like uh, you don't uh we don't you don't on- not only translate documents but we need to make um, all the translated content native to um, local people. That's
1: a great example. Yeah. And
0: then so yeah. So I've and then I've uh, when I uh, look back, I I feel like localization is sort of undervalued. It's um, it's not because um, localization is not important in people's life. It's just because localization. Um, is uh is newer than translation, it's and also like people see um also because we have more uh experience with translation and it's it's like it's easier to understand what a translation is. Yes. However, yeah. localization is more than translation. Uh, that's uh that makes it uh, a little bit harder for people to understand what localization is if yeah. they are not in the industry. So I would say. Mm, yeah probably like um uh, for people like for all the professionals in the translation localization industry uh i would say like um if we can like uh, introduce people like tell uh, explain them what localization is or to help people understand um correctly what translation and localization are yeah. and that will be great
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So Please. that is the first thing.
1: Okay. Anything else that you um, think you want to share?
0: Um. Yeah. And another thing is, um, for me, I um. I think like uh, like technology. Uh. So I'm never at tech savvy. Like every time when I deal with cat tools or any tech, uh, technology issues. Uh, some issues drive me crazy yeah. <laughs> but I know <laughs> but I know sometimes that uh, we have to if we are in the industry we have to um, learn how to um, tackle those issues deal with them and um, learn like develop our problem solving skills because sometimes it's just um, it's just so hard to um, find a um, correct solutions but still we have to try and which uh which leads to my uh like next uh hot take, like life learn lifelong learning. Because like in the industry, if you want to keep up everything, uh in the industry, like we we still need to learn a lot, like every day, even um like uh there are so many professionals in um like in the industry around me. I can see they still work so hard every day and, yes. uh, and hone their skills and abilities yes. to keep up uh, with everything. So, I mean, I would, yeah, like, uh, so I would uh, say keep learning and um, continue to develop a problem-solving skills.
1: Yeah, I agree. Those are excellent hot, hot takes, I think a big part of any job that you have, whether it's as a translator or a project manager, a big part of that is problem solving. So, um, we run into problems all the time, even though it may look like everything's running smoothly from from outside, there's always things that need to be fixed or or made more efficient or whatever. And, and so part of that problem solving too, is, is the continuing education. And that's one of my biggest fears. That's always been one of my biggest fears that I will fall upon. I will fall behind in the technology. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a healthy fear to have that, that if it motivates you to, to keep learning and to be open to new ideas and to learn from others and associate with others who might be able to help you learn and find solutions to problems. so those are very good points may may um, so that's it. That's it. I appreciate it. It's really good to see you may may
0: so much aaron i re- I really appreciate it. This has been Life in Translation. Thank you for tuning in and staying up to date with the latest trends in translation and localization. If you like what you heard, subscribe to LIT wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And if you want to see more, check us out on YouTube as well. Thank you.